Welcome to the WinFL Show. Welcome to the WinFL Show. I'm your host, Ian McKinnon. I'm joined this week by Dave Somerville. How are you doing, Dave? Oh, I'm so glad to be back. It's it's an exciting time in the NFL, but, you know, it, uh, even though there's no Rams, it's it's been great games, and we can't really say we've been starved of any content or any kind of uh, bad games. So, yeah, long may it continue. Absolutely. Uh, so the wildcard weekend is in the bag. Mm-hmm. Put it into Absolutely. the annals of history. We've got to talk about the scores. Yeah. There were some great games, Steve. I thoroughly, oh, yeah. thoroughly oh, yeah. enjoy. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So what we're yeah. going to do, Dave, we're going to jump right into it. With the first game, the wild card on the Saturday between the San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks. This was held at Levi Stadium in front of 71,299 fans. And wouldn't you know it, Brock Purdy guides his team to a 41-23 win over the Seahawks, despite the fact the 49ers were actually trailing 17-16 at halftime. It was a heck of a game. Dave, what did you make of this? This, this? this was fun. I thoroughly enjoyed it. What did you make of it? Thoroughly enjoyed the first half. Then it kind of went a bit sort of sour. Um, because it, It's kind of like, do you want to get slapped in the left-hand side of your face or the right-hand side of your face being a ram? <laughs> Watching this game, you, you, you don't overly care who wins, but because of the 49ers, it's just ever so slight favourite for the Seahawks. But there, uh, you know, like like you said, seventeen sixteen at half time. However, I think it was it was around around that point. It might have been early in the third quarter. There was a tackle on Debo Samuel that changed the entire course of this game because what Debo Samuel did, or he, he managed to get the first down, but he was tackled by one of the Seahawks players. And when the Seahawks player stood up, he grabbed his left ankle, which he was injured for a few months uh, during the regular season and kind of held on to it and twisted it quite a lot. Then the bench is emptied, and they were all kind of going at it. And and from that moment on, 49ers were just... They had something between their teeth, and they were out to prove a point. And, you know, sure enough, Brock Purdy, the entire 49ers defense... I mean, it it took until the 13th minute of the fourth quarter for the Seahawks to get anything in the second half. So... That that they, they kind of shot themselves in the foot and not in Debo's as they potentially were trying to do, but you know it, it was it was Brock Purdy was so composed. I'm not I, I'm not quite on the the Purdy uh, train as him being a franchise quarterback, uh, but you know he's really doing himself so proud. At the same time, though, the the the. I mean, the 49ers were just so clinical. Have you uh, in, in that second half when you're up, when your backs are up against the wall, you're at home to a team you should be beating. You're a, it's a half gone. You're a point down. What did they do? They come out swinging for the fences, and oh, did they do it incredibly? So, I, I, I hate talking about the 49ers, but they they were really impressive in that second half. But you know, it. I I, I don't make them favourites for the Super Bowl this year. Uh, but I tell you what, they're doing themselves no harm whatsoever. No, absolutely not. And you mentioned Brock Party there. I mean, he went mm-hmm. 18 of 30, 332 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, only sacked once. And on that first drive, Christian McCaffrey didn't touch the ball. I think a lot of people say, you know, it's just, you know, should they get McCaffrey involved? And then the first play of the second drive, give it to McCaffrey and he tears off for 68 yards. Uh, this team looks, they've got the weapons. 
You know, guys like they, Brandon yeah. Ayuk, guys like Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey. Let's not forget George Kittle. He had a quiet game from his own high standards. But it was just the 49ers offense is really clicking now and Brock Purdy's getting time to throw the ball. And I think this is the thing that so many teams, when well, we talk about it all the time with um, offensive line being the most important thing. And I think it does get lost sometimes. But you're talking about a guy comes in as a rookie, He's got time to throw the ball and he looks polished. And we've seen other players, I mean, forget rookies, seasoned veterans, if they don't have an offensive line, a decent offensive line, they just look terrible. And, you know, props to the, the San Francisco uh, offense for that, for the offensive line, giving part of the, the, the time to throw. DK Metcalf had a big day for the Seahawks. Uh, 10 catches, 136 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, but it wasn't enough. They really couldn't get much done in the running game. And um, Kenneth Walker only had 63 yards on, on 15 carries. So the Seahawks season is over. So we know mm -hmm. that. They're going to be looking towards next year. They do have a number five pick overall that they got from the Broncos. Where do you see them looking in the draft coming up? What do you think is the, the main need for them? Do you think they stick with Gino? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, there, there's no question. No question whatsoever. They need to stick with Gino. Gino backed himself this year. And he's, he's done himself proud to be you know he was considered at one point to be within the mvp discussion because he was performing so well and week in week out he didn't have the worst game in the world um but he just wasn't able to get these kind of big plays uh against probably one of the one of if not the best defenses in the entire league uh, i mean gino was 25 or 35 for 253 yards two touchdowns and he did get picked off once as well but yeah, like you said, the run game for the Seahawks was not up to scratch uh, compared to the 49ers. McCaffrey, 119 yards again. Um, is it the where, where do the Seahawks improve? I I I think they're missing someone, a leader on defense like Bobby Wagner. Uh, I think that would really that would really bolster them. They've got a young team as it is. Uh, they, there's no one kind of stand out that's really old on their team and. I think Bobby Wagner was the only one really from last year that was really kind of you know, getting to the kind of later stages of his career and they haven't re they didn't really replace him. So I if they were going to uh, yeah, obviously train back is an option, but if they were going to take a top 5 pick, I think uh, getting the pick of all the defense in the college uh, in the entire colleges would be really beneficial for them. So I I'd be looking to for that middle linebacker role or possibly even um uh kind of i i'd say i'd say maybe a db a db as well uh, uh but someone that has proper leadership qualities <laughs> what they need yeah you might be right there it, i think they've got plenty of, of offensive a young offensive weapons as well yeah who, who would you Walker. pick for the um i think you're probably right with the with the defense mm -hmm. i i think that is what they're missing is that sort of game-changing player on defense it's not a bad defense at all no, no um and i think gino is definitely good enough i mean you're saying you know is he good enough well he, they got to the playoffs this year yeah so there you go he's clearly good enough um he just wasn't able to pull it out against it probably is the best defense in the nfl in san francisco um but the seahawks defense couldn't stop the 49ers offense and i think that's probably the biggest 
my biggest takeaway from it. Um, so the 49ers move on in the playoffs, and we're going to switch over to the AFC for a wild, wild card game between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Los Angeles Chargers at TIAA Bank Stadium in front of 70,250 fans who watched the Los Angeles Chargers jump out to a 27 to nothing lead. It was 27-7 at halftime, and all Trevor Lawrence had done was throw four interceptions in that first half. He looked terrible, made some really bad throws in that first half, and then it was like a switch was turned. Lawrence came alive, um, and the Jaguars battled their way back, and they actually won this one by a score of 31-30 to in the third biggest postseason comeback in NFL history um dave I'll, I'll put it over to you this was a great game to watch but i i nearly fell asleep at halftime ne- i came this close to saying fuck i don't know if i can watch any more of this um and i would, then yeah sort of stuck with it and i'm so glad i did i'm glad i didn't miss this one uh, what was your viewpoints of this game i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna sound silly here when travis etienne scored like that was just before halftime that was the jags first score uh, I think it was, it was Travis Etienne. I I thought, you know what? I think they can do it. I think the Chargers, Chargers are going to choke. But I think the Jags the, might come the back. First, the first touchdown. The first, first half, half. After the first half, yeah. So just before half time, I thought, you know what? Something. This has just got the makings of something great. I I could I can't I, it could be because of how late in the night it was and I was just seeing seeing things that weren't really happening. <laughs> but I, you know that that not going not going to lie that's not the first time that that would have happened. But then I I, I mean I I could I can't even put my finger on the moment afterwards that kind of reassured me. Yeah, this is really on kind of thing. But when they got they got a touchdown, I thought Do you know what this, this is on this is this is actually on because Chargers weren't out of second gear. Um, and I think at one point, I think it might be for the entirety of the first half, Trevor Lawrence would have been would have had a higher QB rating if he had thrown it into the dirt thirty times than how he played in the first half. Now, oh, he was rotten in that first. Yeah, half. it was so bad, right? But then there was a little bit of hope, and you know he, he threw it to Evan. Uh, no, was it Etienne or Ingram? He, he threw a, he threw a touchdown past Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram, that's the one. Yes, because it was too tight end because he didn't really celebrate. I was, I was thinking that's first first Jags uh, playoff touchdown for years and years. Ingram not celebrating. I know they're down, but he, he didn't really celebrate. Um, but yeah, it was. I just thought, you know what? It's something's on here. But Lord, he kept coming out even after every single pick. He, he picked himself up. He he stuck to the plan. He kept going. He kept going. Yeah, he made some silly decisions. There were maybe one, arguably two, that weren't really his fault. But he was making some really bad decisions as well. Come out into the third quarter. They've got some momentum. He's making much better decisions. Two touchdowns in the third quarter. And then, of course, the touchdown pass to Christian Kirk. And don't forget about uh, the sort of game-winning field goal, shall we say, from the man who is probably one of the most famous on our podcast in Riley Patterson. Between yes, <laughs> between between you and Jake, yeah. Definitely. But I, I'm so happy for the Jags. I'm so happy because I, I, I was cheering them on in this game. It was nothing against the Chargers. But I just, you know, you, you want the, everyone loves the underdog. You're cheering on the underdog. I'm thinking, yes, they can do this. They can do this. Now, Cameron Dicker, the kicker, I put doubt in the fourth quarter into me. But then they went down the other end 
and got and they got it done. Uh, sorry, uh, sorry, no. In the third quarter, he kicked. He kicked. Now the Jags defense turned up after that. Trevor Lawrence was missing. Was MIA for the first half. He mm-hmm. came out and he it was he was borderline MVP. He, if he had if he had played like that, like he did the second half, he would be in possibly even winning the MVP for this year. I think the Jag, Jags would have just easily won their division, and you know they, they'd be one of the top seeds. I'm so happy for the Jags, though. You know, you, you they they're third on third down. They at at one point, I'm sure they were like one one for eight, one for nine, kind of thing on third down efficiency. They ended two for two of ten. Fourth down, two or three though. Um, you know, they 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 didn't have the ball quite as much. But I tell you what, the Chargers shot themselves in the foot with penalties as well. They had seven penalties total, 40, 42 yards uh, going in the Jags' favor. I, I don't know where, where do you start. If you want to go into detail, but where do you start? It's it's not even black and white uh, night and day. It's just bad and incredible. <laughs> it's the only kind of t- terms I can use for it. But it, yeah, it really was a game of two halves as far as the Jags yeah. were concerned. I mean, the the Chargers didn't really change anything because the reality is, by halftime they should have been up by forty points, and they didn't. They didn't they need like to do four, much. Like yeah. all all four of. Trevor Lawrence's interceptions put the Chargers mm-hmm. basically within field goal range immediately. And exactly. the, the, I think it was his fourth one. On his fourth interception, the, I don't think they got anything from that. And then they, they had to punt. Um, and then the Jaguars returner muffed the punt and the Chargers got the ball yes. back again. So they had so many turnovers. They had five turnovers in the first half. And they only had twenty seven points. It's and then yeah, it, but then he came back with three touchdowns. In he the second did. Half. No, he, yeah, he, yeah, he played good in the second half. But the Chargers really shouldn't have. It's not like the Chargers were incredible in the first half and then collapsed in the second. They played pretty much the same through the first and second halves. It's just that the Jaguars limited the mistakes. They had five turnovers in that first half, and mm-hmm. the Chargers only had twenty seven points. That, that, that's not enough. If another, yeah. you know, if you, you have an opening drive and you score a touchdown or a field goal, if the other team turns over in their own half, you've got to be coming away with touchdowns. Field goals are not going to cut it. But there, there was a couple of drives there where they didn't get any points. And you're thinking, you need to take advantage of this. And we said this time and time again, when a team turns the ball over, you have to take advantage. Because yeah. if I'm you don't... I'm- this is what can happen. Sorry, yeah, I, I was just going to say, am I right in thinking that the Chargers' offensive coordinator has now been sacked? A, the uh, offensive after this game, offensive uh, passing play caller and offensive coordinator, I think, uh, uh, have been right. fired. Yes. Now there was rumors of Brandon Staley getting fired. That's ridiculous. Um, I I get that they they blew a big lead, but you do not fire a coach over one one literally one bad game that allows a comeback mm-hmm. you don't fire a coach because of that so uh, that that rumor was instantly squashed uh, well josh mcdaniels has got, still got his job so you know, <laughs> if josh mcdaniels still has a job <laughs> then brandon staley should be fine for 20 years yeah, yes yes Just, absolutely I'm, I'm not sure how long mcdaniels will last but that's by the by so yes. we then move on staying in the afc we come to the afc east matter between the buffalo bills and miami dolphins the bills came into this one with, obviously with a 14 and 3 uh 13 and 3 record beg your pardon because they'd missed a game dolphins came into this one at nine and eight 
battling away and again this was a close close fought game and at one point the Dolphins were up 24 to 20 in the third quarter before um, Cole Beasley took a touchdown pass from Josh Allen and then Gabriel Davis took a pass from Josh Allen and they started to pull away and despite the fact the Dolphins did score in the uh, early in the fourth quarter there was no more scoring after that the Bills come away at Highmark Stadium I forgot to mention the attendance 70,651 fans Bills come away with a 34-31 win not that much of a surprise the result uh, I think a lot of people were surprised with how close it was particularly because the Dolphins were on their third-string quarterback in Skylar Thompson, who performed pretty well. Uh, he did throw two interceptions, uh, but Josh Allen had two awful interceptions himself. He needs to clean these up, Dave. Uh, what, what do you think about this? We mentioned this a few weeks ago. Josh Allen needs to clean up his game with regards to these turnovers. What's your view on it? He does indeed. Uh, I think with Josh Allen... Um, We've seen, we saw it a couple times this year, though. It had, you know, even when you get to this stage of the season, when you've got such a massive winning record. I mean, did they not finish? Was it like fourteen and three, thirteen and three, something like that? The Bills had, they, uh, they, and they were thirteen and three. That's right, thirteen and three. Yeah, that's right. So, um, yeah, I mean, by that point, you you would expect to be a lot, uh, you know, a lot more refined. Say, for example, if there's any uh, plays uh, that you've been unsure of in the uh, playbook. You know, like our, our potential dangers as well. You're you're using the same playbook uh, every week after week after week all year. He just hasn't cleaned up, though. He there, there's been nothing to suggest that uh, he's cleaned yeah. up the areas that he needs to. And uh, just, to, I, I think you'd actually be quite nice about Skylar Thompson. I, I don't think he played well at all. Um, but you know, when you're a third string quarterback, I I you, think he played well for a third string quarterback in yeah, his yeah, okay. playoff game. No, he, he didn't. He didn't have a great game at all. But um, you know, he did throw a touchdown pass, and he's basically thrown in at the deep end in Buffalo in a playoff game. His first playoff game. Uh, that, that had to be hard for him. That had to be rough. But I think it was rough, and it it showed in his game and his play. It it did. Um, I, I mean, you know, no Tua, no Teddy B. Uh, Skylar Thompson properly thrown in at the deep end. Um, I mean, there's there's not a lot, not a whole lot to say. It was the the Dolphins couldn't run the ball. Now that's what that's the main thing that I picked up from the game. They they had they had the touchdown run from uh, Wilson, uh, who, who was traded from the 49ers. Mm-hmm. but apart from that, did they? I can't remember any significant runs. The Bills shut them down time and time again. Um, I think there there was a couple heated moments as well. Um, I think uh, Matt Milano had a bit of a hit on Thompson when he took off, but uh, yeah, the, the 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 Dolphins on offense were really poor. Hmm. Um, you know, Terry Kill was played tired. Waddle dropped time and time again passes. Oh, um, everyone taking a couple of huge, huge throws that would have been thirty yard, forty yard gains. Waddle drops terrible. Yeah, uh, but I mean, I mean, it, um, I think the Dolphins were so aware in defense of Josh Allen uh, running that every second play they had a spy. Every time they were sure he was going to be throwing, they had a spy there. Um, so even though it, it it goes down as a sack if you're you know tackling the quarterback if he's not straight away running, it goes down as seven sacks for this game. But I think quite a few were kind of just busted runs um, of Josh Allen. But you know, the, the, he had his weapons. Uh, through the air really turned up. Uh, Diggs, <coughs> excuse me, uh, another 100-yard game. Uh, Gabe Davis, another 100-yard game and the touchdown. 
Cole Beasley, who I noticed at the start of the season we said that they had released Cole Beasley and he was just he, we just went signed for the practice squad, but now he's scoring touchdowns in the playoffs for them. So I think that shows just how deep the depth chart is for the for the Bills at this point. So they got they they pulled it out. Not always deservingly so, I think. I think the, both teams' offenses were quite poor. Um, Josh Allen, he's got he's got over the line. I think that that's a, that's the good, the most positive thing for the Bills. He's and you know you start from scratch again in the next game, but he's not he's lagging behind I, right now. I think the likes of Joe Burrow and obviously Pat Mahomes. I I I think they've got less obvious errors. Um, for want of a better phrase, maybe uh, er- less amount of errors that they need to clean up or they can clean up. Because I think that he is, if if his confidence dips, he could become a, li- a liability for the Bears, uh, for the Bears, for the, well, he could be for the Bears as well. <laughs> but for the Bills anyway, he could become a bit of a liability. And we at this stage of the season, you don't want to see a player, you know, completely m- making one huge mess uh, that determines their entire season on that one play. So, um, I, ho- I hope for everyone's sake he can do it, but the Bills are they're, they're into the next game. That's all you can ask at this point. Yeah, it's a postseason. Results are everything. Yeah, exactly. It, the, the only thing that matters is the result at this point. Uh, and speaking of which, we move over to the NFC where we had the New York Giants visiting the Minnesota Vikings at US Bank Stadium in front of 66,721 fans and Dave Somerville. You said to me last week, you said to me, do you know what? The Giants might be the real deal. Well, they showed it in this one. They come away with a 31-24 win over the Vikings. But oh my goodness, did the Vikings just forget how to play defense in this game? I, I think they did. Now, don't get me wrong, there was some great individual efforts. Saquon Barkley had some fantastic runs. But the Vikings just could not cover anyone. They couldn't stop the run. They couldn't stop the pass. They couldn't. They were hopeless in this game. And the Giants don't care. They cruise on to a victory and they go on to face uh, another team who we'll mention shortly in the divisional rounds. Um, what did you make of this game? It was it was bizarre. It was a bizarre game because it at times it looked like the Vikings offense was moving the ball really well. And then they would just stall. And defensively, they could not stop the Giants. What what was your takeaway from this? Uh, well, early uh, early on, I think um, it, maybe the end of the first quarter, I think it might have been 14-7, I want to say. Um, and I thought, do you know what? About halfway through the season, I said to Niels and Jake, I think the Giants are the real deal. I, I, I genuinely think they are. I think they've got the piece that they needed, but it just depends on Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones was the MVP of this game. He was fantastic. He was running. He was throwing bombs. He was he was just making the right decision time and time again when he needed to. But that Vikings defense, he he had them on a shoestring. They they just they they could every time they tried uh, zone coverage, the, the the receivers were right in between them. Or uh, if it was a deep ball and it was zone coverage. They kind of stopped the, the little kind of shudder and bump they were got they were going. Daniel Jones was finding them. I, I don't know what happened with the Vikings defense. I was quite upset on their behalf that they were letting so yeah, it was even when Bar- Barkley barely ran the ball. 
you know, he only had nine carries for 53 yards, but though, uh, he had two touchdowns as well. So when they were getting it uh, kind of, you know, within red zone area, shall we say, they were giving it to Barkley and Barkley was getting it done. So, yeah, um, I mean, Daniel Jones was the only question mark for me in that Giants team because I think they had loads of really good pieces and they just needed to meld them together. And they've done that now. And they're they, away at the Vikings who... Let's let's remind ourselves, they only lost four times last year. They didn't really win many clear games, shall we say. They always left it quite late. So when I saw that there was a bit of momentum with the Vikings, I thought, oh, this could actually uh, change about. But, you know, Kirk Cousins had a brilliant game as well. I, I, I can't really fault him, and I'm, I'm usually the first to fault him when Kirk Cousins doesn't win a game. But wow, Daniel Jones, my MVP of this game, he just he came up with the big plays. I mean, he picked up 78 yards, uh, constantly running with the ball. Every time that his first or second options weren't there, he was either checking it down to Saquon Barkley or he was just taking off and he was getting yards almost every single time. So he picked up 78 yards. He threw for two touchdowns and over 300 yards in the game. Do, we, do you sign him up? If you're a giant, do you sign him up for next year? I th- I think you have to, don't you? I I, I think it's harsh if you don't. Uh, it, but yeah, I, 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 I yeah, <laughs> you, you have to. Yeah, you absolutely have to. I I don't even I don't even know why I was hesitating there. You yeah, definitely you have to sign him up. Okay, I'll take your word for it. But it, I mean, yeah, it, the the Giants were really good on offense. Um, they were okay, and they did enough on defense. Uh, they were kind of consistent throughout the game. Um, the Vikings were 4-10 and 10 on third down, which doesn't seem completely bad, but it was at the critical times that they didn't get the third downs. So they, were, you know, um, they went for it twice on fourth down. They were one of two. Um, but the Giants, the, the clock management in that game by the Giants I was really impressed with because they managed to get, they had the ball for about 60% of the game. So that that's really critical when you're up against a team like the Vikings that have proven they have some amazing weapons. They've not got Darwin Cook running yet. They've got Kirk Cousins finding Justin Jefferson, finding Adam Adam, Adam Thielen. You know they uh, they they shut down the Vikings' run game. Um, Kirk Cousins, when he did throw, he was able. He was quite accurate, but you know he he was kept under three hundred yards, which in this game, considering he had thirty nine attempts, that's uh, that's not. You know that that's not the biggest thing in the world. He didn't. He didn't uh, get. He wasn't picked off at all. Was Kirk Cousins? Um, yeah, it was it, no sacks for the Vikings either. But they just couldn't get it done at the at the very vital seconds, like you were talking about previously. They just couldn't get it done at the most vital times, and I think that's pretty much what cost them the game and a little bit of competency on the defense. They might have been into the next round, but the Giants go marching on. They certainly do go marching on, and I just I'm so happy for Giants fans because they've not had a lot to cheer about in recent years. But yeah, that, neither are Vikings fans for that matter. <laughs> so <laughs> they haven't. Uh, so we move on to the AFC. And we come to the Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens at Paycor Stadium in front of sixty six thousand three hundred ninety nine fans who watched the. Joe Burrow and the Bengals reach out a 24-17 victory over Tyler Huntley and the Baltimore Ravens. Dave, I don't think it was any surprises in this one. Once again, I think we'd said if if Lamar Jackson isn't playing, then I don't think there's any 
there was going to be any sort of doubt over the result of this game. Um, he wasn't playing, Tyler Huntley was, and it just didn't work for the Ravens. What did you make of this one? I mean, it was a lot closer than it should have been. I, I think um, the Bengals, uh, they're kind of similar to the Bills, I think they should be a little bit worried that there were some kind of holes there that shouldn't be there. Um, the, the Ravens stuck to their game plan and nearly pulled it off. They, they were running the ball, they were running with the quarterback. Um, I, th- I think Huntley was very harshly judged after the game, in particular by his running back, J.K. Dobbins, who was quite critical, he was quite emotional, and, you know, basically just said if we had Lamar we were winning that game easily so I that that's I I, I can't really disagree with him but you don't kind of go against your um your QB like that uh Joe Burrows I I mean he he had a kind of standard game nothing there was no nothing special about it but what I want to talk about is the play that decided that there was one score in the fourth quarter and it was essentially it was a fumble now, am I, what was the distance on that fumble? Can I just check with you before I carry on? Yeah, it was about 99.99 yards. Uh, Tyler Huntley trying to get the ball over the goal line there and just a foot short, uh, what it seemed like. Uh, and then it was picked up by the Bengals, returned all the way for a score. Uh, although there was a block in the back on Mark Andrews and it, it looked like an illegal block in the back, but it wasn't called and that really swung the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what I was going to say, but I was actually going to uh, mention that block um, because if you're a, fa- a fan of the Bengals, you're saying that's kind of in the back of the shoulder, shoulder area. If you're a fan of the Ravens, you're screaming for the flag. And yeah, you know, I, I was at the time I was thinking that could be an illegal block. Now that I've seen it a couple of times, think you know, I'm I'm happy for that to be a no call. But ev- you know, everyone's going to see that different. Uh, the the fact that that's what the game came down to though was a 98 yard fumble recovered for a touchdown by one of the defensive linemen is just incredible. Uh, it was Hubbard with the the return. Um, I mean, it, it was quite a back and forth game. Both teams kind of were scrappy. I, I think it's fair to say Joe Burrow with a lot of kind of short throws seemed to be their game plan. Uh, Joe Mixon didn't really get anything done, just getting 39 yards from 11 carries. And you know, Jamar Chase was nine receptions for 84 yards and the TD from Joe Burrow. So it was a scrappy game. It definitely wasn't the most exciting game um, that I've ever seen. And I think the Bengals should have been a lot more clear uh, than just one score of the Ra- of the Ravens. And let's not be around the bush. A, a pretty injury-ravaged Ravens. Um, and you, even if it was just Lamar that was out, that would be injury-ravaged for the Ravens organization. So... Uh, what they need to do now is kind of you know, take the off-season recover, go to the bank, get as much money as you can, and just give it straight to Lamar Jackson because that entire team right now is revolving around that man, and I think we've seen it for the last few, like the last few weeks, because we weren't even sure the Ravens were in such a dominant position; they were like ninety plus percent chance of reaching the playoffs, but then they kept dwindling and dwindling without Lamar at QB, so. They scraped in, and but in the end, in this game, the Bengals scraped through. They certainly do. The Bengals scraped through. That makes us on to our next game, our final game, which was on the Monday night, mm. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys, the eight and nine Buccaneers hosting a playoff game against the twelve and five Dallas Cowboys. 
just ridiculous. At Raymond James Stadium in front of 69,145 people. Don't want to oversell it there. Um, <laughs> and they watch the Dallas Cowboys coming to town and absolutely blow the doors off the Buccaneers. Um, Dak Prescott played probably his best game ever as a cowboy 25 mm-hmm. of 33 305 yards four touchdowns he rushed also rushed seven times for 24 yards and a touchdown as well the buccaneers had no answer for the the cowboys whatsoever tom brady looked awful i was happy about that uh dave what did you think of this one I mean, the only stand there was two standout things i took well three we'll, we'll, we'll cover three the, the game in pretty much three dak put in a performance that I've never seen from the man, ever. Now, he, he's had so many interceptions this year. You're just, I'm just waiting for an interception. Just waiting for it. Just waiting for it. He was on target the whole night. What a performance from the man. I'm I'm really happy for him because, obviously, he, he had that injury previously that was quite bad and kind of uh, shook him up and shook the team as well. I think that was that at the beginning of this year or the end of last season. Mm. He had that one. Um, but yeah, he, he played amazing, so I'm really happy for him. Um, the other one, obviously, you've touched on already, Tom Brady. I mean, you can't ask an 80-year-old man to throw the ball 66 times in a game, but that's what the Buccaneers did. And he was lucky he was only picked off once. Um, he, threw, he threw it for... He threw two touchdowns as well, but it was, he was 35 of 66. That's... How, how any quarterback, let alone a pensioner, you know trying to throw that is just that's heavy going that there's what that's one thing to say about the game plan but um yeah i I think um i i i think it's i wouldn't say right that byron leftwich is is now no longer the offensive coordinator of of the buccaneers use the run game set up the pass game i think that's what he that's what he did for two decades at the patriots you know he was so successful doing it to come away from that and just solely put it in his hands time and time again they know what's coming. You're not going to be overly successful with it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's harsh. It's harsh on uh, Tom Brady, which I, yeah, I obviously we're not the biggest fans of Tom Brady, but if you, if that's your only game plan against one of the best defenses in the league, you, you're not going to win the game. Are you? No, no, you're not. <laughs> uh, but, Tom Brady ended up with 66 attempts in that game. Yeah, that's ridiculous. 66 attempts. Uh, 351 yards, two touchdowns. That was pretty much all garbage time. Mm -hmm. Um, Two touchdowns there. It was 31 to 6. You know, with, what, three minutes to go in the game. It was 24 to nothing uh, at the end of the third. It was just, the, the Buccaneers just got absolutely crushed by the Cowboys in this one. Now, looking at the Cowboys... They, they did look good, and I think they're going to be very happy going into next week's game. Um, but believe it or not, Dave, that wraps up our roundup of, oh. <laughs> of the games. We're so used to doing all these all, all these yeah. different games, and we're like, oh, it's going to take an hour and a half before we do that. We're done. Roundup's done. Wildcard's done. In the bag. Um, well, what we're going to be doing now is we're going to be looking forward to the divisional playoffs. Mm. The divisional playoffs, Steve. And of course, what this means is that we're going to see two teams that we didn't see at the wild card round. And of course, those are two first round by teams. We're going to start off with the AFC, Jacksonville Jaguars at the Kansas City Chiefs, the number one seed Chiefs. Um, what do you reckon, Dave? 
I I mean I, I I still have a soft spot for the Jaguars, but I don't see them beating Kansas City. Um I've got the Chiefs taking this one 30 to 14. Um I need to wait and see what this week off has done. But I, I don't think Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes need any more time to prepare than they usually do. Um, but I think the Jaguars should be able to score a couple of touchdowns against them. What do you think? I think this is going to be close. I really think that it's... it's I think there's going to be a comeback, but I don't know who it's going to be by. I think there's going to be a, it's going to be a really close one. I've, I've got the game going 31-30 again, but to the Chiefs this time. I, I genuinely think that could, is a big possibility. It could be something like 31-30, 28-27. I think there, it's going to be a really tight game. Um, I was looking at the game beforehand. The last time the Chiefs lost to the Jags was two thousand and nine, and you know they they've played I think six, five, six times. Well, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, six times since then, and they haven't even got a sniff. And include that includes the game in twenty thirteen when the Chiefs won by twenty eight points to two. So that it's 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 not going to be a dull game, I don't think. Um, I I know who I want to win. I want the Jags to win. I think that'll be epic. Can you imagine Trevor Lawrence, you know, beating Pat Mahomes and, you know, get get into the AFC Championship game? That'd be amazing. I, I would love to see that happen. It's probably not going to happen, but I would love to see that happen. Um, <laughs> both teams, I mean, both teams are on like a kind of winning, they, they've come into the offseason on winning runs. And, you know, if you're going to have momentum, at, at some time during the season, this is the time of year to have it. Yeah. Do Do you think the Chiefs might have lost a bit of that momentum with having a, a, a too much of a break or a week off? No, I no. don't. Because if I think, see, if they'd rested their starters in the final week of the season, mm-hmm. and then had the first round by, so that it's three weeks since they actually played anyone in earnest, then I could say, do you know what, you've lost a. You know, you need to get the juices flowing again. You need to get the mojo running so you can build mm. up momentum again. They had it was one week. It's just like a bye week in the middle of the season. So it's it's no different coming off a bye week. Gives any guys who might be a little bit banged up we chance to get a little bit healthier again. I think the Chiefs are going to come out absolutely roaring out of the gates here. Um mm. I, I think they will. I, I, I can't see it. I'll be surprised if they don't. But you know what? <laughs> I mean, stranger things have happened. Mm-hmm. I didn't see the, ch- the the Chargers giving up a 27-point lead. I know a lot of people did. I didn't see that at all. Um, I, I was still surprised that the Giants won. And although I picked the Cowboys to beat the Buccaneers, I didn't think they would win in the fashion that they did. Mm. So there, we've already had a couple of surprises in, in this playoff round. Um, I just don't think the Jaguars have enough to keep up with the Chiefs. Okay. That, no, that, that, I, I, yeah, I I, yeah, I think that's a fair analogy of it. I think what um, what I would say one of the one of the kind of um, I I think one of the key kind of positions that's going to be in this game will be at tight end because can the Jags uh, mark well can 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 they mark and sort of um, cancel out. Uh, Kelsey and can the Chiefs uh, the Chiefs have got uh, Christian Kirk and uh, Jones down the, the uh, out wide right they've also got Evan Ingram who I said I think uh, pre-season 
that I think he was going to be a great signing for them, and he's turned out to be that. So Evan Ingram and Kelsey, to me, I'd argue say they're both top five. Obviously, Kelsey number one. I think Ingram's probably top five uh, within the league at tight ends. Yeah, I would top say five that. Tight end. Yeah, I would say so. Give me your top five tight ends. Off the top mm-hmm. of my head. Oh, oh. Well, we've I mean, got Kelsey. Obviously, and I, right, obviously got, yeah, Kelsey, number one. Kelsey, Andrews. Andrews, yep. Uh, probably the Raiders, uh, man. So what, Waller, Waller. Darren Waller, yep. Yeah. Um, Kittle? No, this is, this is where it gets a bit... Uh, yeah, okay, I've, I've, sadly I have to put Kittle there. And then i probably put Ingram there. Interesting. That's a, that, that's how highly I rate him. So I'm I'm I, I really do think that I'm and I'm putting him above Tyler Higby, who was instrumental in the Rams Super Bowl run. You know, he he was fantastic, uh, but I think Ingram is slightly better. So there's so that, many, yeah. There's so many of these tight ends who are. Uh, what's the best way to say this now? Uh, I'm going to say top tier, but not top top tier. Does that make sense? They're not kind of a standout superstar. Yeah, so they're not Travis Kelsey yeah. level. But there's a lot yeah, of guys that the drop-off isn't as big as you would think. And you've got guys like, um, I mean, my goodness, what a resurgence, T.J. Hawkinson this year for the Vikings. Oh, yes, yes, He's yes. great this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and despite the fact that he didn't have a spectacular year, no offense in Seattle, I thought he was great with the Broncos. He looked even better with the Seahawks because he had a competent quarterback play, which I said he wouldn't back in preseason. Um, although I, I'll be honest, I thought it would be Drew Locke throwing the ball, but so shows what yes, I know. I think I think we all kind of did, didn't we? Um, yeah, I think so. Um, and a lot of these tight ends, you mentioned Tyler Higby there, Hunter Henry mm-hmm. in, over Hunter in, Henry. In, in New England. Great he's, tight He's end. had a resurgence, yeah. He's had a resurgence um, since he left the uh, Ravens he was drafted by. Oh, I was going to say the Chargers. I, I don't I, know. I you know it, it could have been. Could have been. Yeah. I, I probably got that wrong. Um, but yeah, he's looked great for New England. So you're seeing a lot of these pass catching tight ends, not just pass catching, but they are very good, very athletic, good at catching passes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know where I was going with this. It's just because you said you would put Ingram top five. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, was wondering I, I, who your top five actually were. That's it's, it's going to be an interesting. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting positional battle. Um, or, or, you know, obviously, I think um, because Ingram has really made himself such a key part of that offense. So I think that has been one of the main successes that the Jaguars can attribute their winning record. You know, their their record up until this point has been with Evan Ingram being in the middle when the wide receivers are kind of man marked. So Ingram's the one that kind of moves about and can get in, especially in the red zone. They've kind of approached the red zone uh, offense in the same way the Chiefs do in that the Chiefs uh, obviously Mahomes to Kelsey is just like you know, get get in front of Travis Kelsey and don't let him out of your sight that's what the Jags have, have basically made Engram uh, that level of importance to them when in a red zone situation so I can't wait to see it it's going to be a cracking game it is it's going to be a fantastic game can't, really, really can't wait for it. Um, so then we're going to move on Dave we come to our next game which is of course of course the next number one seed. In the NFC this time, it's the Philadelphia Eagles who are hosting the aforementioned New York Giants. Um, now, I'm more worried about the Eagles missing a step mm. in this one than I am about the Chiefs, but not too much. I think it's a, a very small drop-off, and Jalen Hurts has had that extra week to get a little bit healthier than he was because we all he wasn't 100% in the final game of the season. 
No. Came back, played, but they were playing backups. And they won fairly convincingly. They didn't blow you know blow them away or anything playing a team of backups. Um now they're facing the starters, the New York Giants. Um what do you reckon? I do you know I've got a sneaky feeling. I've got a sneaky feeling the Giants might do it again. Uh and I'm gonna take them to win twenty to nineteen. Oh sorry, did Ooh. you give me a score? For the Chiefs I did Jags. not. No. Uh, it, for you know, for the Chiefs Jag. Oh yes, I did. Sorry. No, I said I said it was going to be thirty-one thirty to the oh, Chiefs. Sorry. Or, or it was either that or twenty-eight twenty-seven. I think it was going to be a really tight one-score game. Yeah. Okay. So, so I'm I'm going twenty to nineteen Giants over the Eagles in Philadelphia. Uh, Brian Dable's mob did a sterling job last week. Uh, what do you think, Dave? This, this is one I keep on me an iron about because I can see the Giants. Poten- walking away with this potentially I, I, but if Jalen Hurts is back to anything remotely close to 100% I, I can't go against the Eagles so I'm, I'm going to say it's going to be 27-24 for the Eagles it's, it's going to be tight though Eagles. yeah and I, th- I think that um, I'm going to say Saquon Barkley is going to get two two rushing touchdowns in this game because I think they have to go back to the run game in this for the Giants uh, and they're good because they're, they're going to be watching Daniel Jones like a hawk now for every time he takes off. So I think the Eagles are going to just get it about uh, three points. These Giants, though, I mean, what do you? I mean, you, you're saying a three-point win for the Eagles. I, you know, mm-hmm. I certainly not hold that against you because they are the favourites to win. Obviously, being a home as well is a big thing for them. Um, are you surprised by the Giants this year? At the beginning of the year, I think everyone thought they were going to be awful. Um, mm-hmm. they did make it through to the playoffs, albeit on the last day or second last day, they made it through to the playoffs at the expense of, um, you know, the Lions and, uh, other teams like that. But what do you think? Can, can they, are they good enough to make a legitimate run through the playoffs? What do you reckon? Yes, but I don't think they will. Not because, they, more because they've come up, they're coming up against the number one seed, which is the Eagles. And I, they've. You know, they, they haven't had exactly the best record against uh, the Eagles uh, this year, especially. I mean, the Eagles have put up 48 points, 22 points already in the regular season against them. Um, they, they, you know, they weren't up against the starters in the final week of the year. And they still weren't able to get a, a win against them. So I'm not completely convinced. If, if it was against another team, that they haven't played and I haven't already got a record against them this season, I would say, yes, they're definitely in with a shout. I think the Eagles will just be too much for them. I think if Jalen Hurts, like I said, anything close to 100%, that defense is not going to stop him. So, you, you know, you've got Miles Sanders, who's a good running back. Um, you've, got, you've just got uh, umpteen kind of targets for Jalen Hurts. He takes off whenever he wants. He's, he's got the kind of um, rushing power of Justin Fields when he's he's at the top of his game. He's yeah. got a cannon of an arm. He's got much better accuracy. He's, he's a, I, I'm not, no disrespect to Justin Fields. He's just a much better, more refined version than Justin Fields, I think. Uh, and he's got a, a, a offensive line to match him as well. So, yeah, I, I, think, um, I think the Eagles will pull it off. Uh, the Giants are good. I don't think they're going to get to that next level that they need to just yet. I, th- I think that maybe the next year or two, we could see them fighting for the NFC Championship um, because they've got a young team. They've got you know uh, players like uh, Thibodeau, who's 
I think is going to be a star on the edge. Um, they've got a decent offensive line. I think they just need a bit more consistency from Daniel Jones, and that could get them to that next level that they need to get. But I think the Eagles at this time is, are just one step too far for them. So we're going to move on, Dave. Come to the Cincinnati Bengals at the Buffalo Bills. This is a rematch of the game that never was. Uh, obviously, in the uh, second last game of the season, Cincinnati Bengals were due to play the Buffalo Bills, and there was that um, awful uh, situation with Demar Hamlin, um, who seems to be doing much much better now so so glad to see that from him um this will be an emotional game for both of these teams um it's in buffalo what do you think this is a tough one i've i've got the bengals coming in and winning and the reason i've got the bengals coming in and winning is because josh allen i just don't trust him not to make a daft mistake at the worst moment um, he may run for 100 yards and two scores and throw three scores in this game. He might do it, but he might throw a terrible interception with five minutes to go. That costs him the game. Burrow tends to be mo- much more of a, a safer percentage type throw player than Allen is. Although we know he can throw deep. He's done it many, many times. Um, um, what do you reckon? I, I'm taking the Bengals. I'm taking the Bengals. 24-22 in this one. Ooh, um, wow. I, I just, I, I find it very hard to pick between the teams, but something in the back of my mind is telling me that the Bengals will just squeeze this one out. What do you think? What's your, what's your view? I agree with everything you said. Apart from um, the score? <laughs> apart from the score and what what's going to happen because I think it is going to be the Josh Allen show, but I think they're going to crawl over the line in overtime. I think this game could go to overtime. It's going to be a high-scoring shootout. I think it's going to be 34-34 come the end, and it's going to be Tyler Bass to kick the winning field goal for the Bills. I think that if if the Bills are down, just say just say they're down by one score at halftime, so something along the lines of 20 points, 17 at halftime, yeah. I think the Bills will come out fired up in that second half and run over the Bengals and the Bengals will scrape to uh to level at the end of the fourth quarter with the with the Bills just getting there. Because I think the the Bengals are they're good at what they do. And <clears throat> I think we we've said it a couple of times they got one of the most underrated defenses in the league. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we both we both think that. Um I think the Bills are one of the most underrated defenses as well, without Von Miller. Because Von Miller, we we you know we had spoken about him being a kind of keystone of any uh, defense, but he's done for the season. Yeah, Von Von Miller's not going to be there. But you've got other players like uh, Matt Milano and uh, I think is it uh, Foyer, the, the safety, the defensive yeah. back. Um, and These Milano's some, an amazing player. Milano is incredible. I I really think I I think between him and Dre Greenlaw are some of the best. Kind of outside linebackers that can go middle linebacker or they can even rush off the edge. Just I, I think they, yeah, exactly. They are brilliant players, and I, I think it's it's going to be it's going to be a shootout. I think, and you're kind of flipping a coin depending on what happens with overtime. Remember, yeah. we've got the overtime rules for the off season as well. Oh, the, the, you, the new ones. Do you know what they are? Do you know what the update is for that? I, what? I did see it, but I I can't remember what that was. With uh, both both teams will get a chance. 
both to teams definitely the ball, get it. Yeah. Regardless of if the first team scores a touchdown or not in the first possession. Is that correct? That's correct, yeah. Yeah. Is that the only change? I, I, I think I so. I, I think, has is, is that not come from the Chiefs-Bills game uh, last yes. year? So Yeah, when Josh Allen did amazing, got the ball down the field and then never saw never, never saw the field at all uh, in overtime. I... I don't like changing the rule. I know why they've done it, mm-hmm. but I don't like it because... They, they changed it on a whim. But, well, see, here's the thing, right? So mm. let's let's cast their minds back to that incredible game between the Bills and the Chiefs, mm. okay? It, it was backwards or forwards. It was like nine touchdowns in the last minute, I think. It, it was ridiculous. It was, yeah, it was crazy. It was utterly yeah. ridiculous. Um so in the overtime, the Chiefs get the ball and they march down the field, score a touchdown, and that's it. Game over. If these rules had been in place, the rules they have today, what would have happened? Chiefs go down, score a touchdown. Bills go down, score a touchdown. Chiefs go down, score a touchdown. Game's over. Bills would be complaining. Oh, hang on a second. We didn't get the ball again. You, you, you can't play forever. What, what difference does it make? You know, if you, if you want to stop them. You've got a defense, you know? I just, Mm -hmm. I I don't like it. I don't like, the games are are long enough without them extending it. And they already made it that if the other team scores a field goal, field and a field goal, you get a chance. And if you score a field goal, next score wins. Or if you stop them, next score wins. They already, it was already fair. I don't like this. And again, I know why they did it because they wanted more. They wanted that game to go on for three days. You know, because it was well, just, we did. <laughs> we yeah, did, I mean, it was, it was a great game, but the reality is, you can't play forever. So, what's the point of changing the rule? When will it end? What happens? So, let's arguments for argument six. You're saying this game goes to overtime. What happens if the Bengals go down, score, then the Bills get the ball, go down, score, then the Bengals go down, the ball, score? Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Game's over. It makes no difference. Doesn't matter. The rules changed. Results still the same, except you played for an extra 20 minutes. You think, you know, what's what difference does it make? Anyway, that's just my... That's, that's me. Yeah, that's no, I, 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 I know exactly where you're coming from. Uh, my my preference would be that if... Um, pre- pretty much very similar to what they've got, is that if both teams match whatever their first drive is, Nick scores a winner. And, you know, that that's... Or... Yeah, yeah, I, I like that one much better because uh, then you're not going too far uh, into the ta- you know kind of time uh, time usage, shall we say? Um, but yeah, that game it was it not like three touchdowns in the last three four minutes, something like that. I, and then, I think I think the Chiefs scored with like a minute to go, uh, or or whatever it was, and then the Bills scored with like mm-hmm. seconds. It, it was like seconds or something. Yeah. seconds to go to go up by and three. then. And then you left Mahomes at 15 seconds. And as we know, okay. That's 15 now, seconds too much. Well, yeah. I mean, it might take, I've taken the Dallas Cowboys 15 seconds to actually run a play last year, as we all know. And mm. you're thinking you had 15 seconds. What happened? Apologies, Tim, if you're listening. <laughs> Just thinking <laughs> Just, that. <laughs> so, sorry, Tim. Um, we're, we're, uh, but, you know, like Mahomes had 14, 15 seconds and I drove the ball 70 yards and was able to kick a field goal in time. Now, we know Mahomes can do this because he's done it before. He's going to do it again, right? 
And I, I've I've said this umpteen times. Whenever anyone's playing the Chiefs, if you leave more than ten seconds on the clock, you'd give them a chance for a field goal. Mahomes can run four plays in ten seconds. I've never seen mm-hmm. anything like it. It's ridiculous. Anyway, we should move on. We should move on, Dave. Um, yes, let's do that. Let's move on, and we come to the next game, the final game, which is the Dallas Cowboys at the San Francisco 49ers. Now, after the game against Tampa Bay, by the way, someone else I meant to mention mm. with regards to the, the Buccaneers game. Um, Tom Brady tripped a man, slide-tackled, <laughs> slide-tackled to yes. trip someone up. I, I, I forget who we actually tripped. I forget who the player was. Um, but it was, my word, he was going in like Stuart Pierce. Like what the hell are you doing, man? Um, I never got flagged for it, so just saying, you know, should have been, should have been ejected. Anyway, um, Dallas Cowboys, San Francisco 49ers. Now, after the Tampa Bay game, that I don't know if you saw the video of the Cowboys fans shouting, "We want the Niners." Ooh, I yeah, did not like, see in, that in Raymond James Stadium. We want Niners. We want Niners. That's what they. Wow. Well, that, that's a dangerous wish. You've got the Niners. Um, and I'll tell you what the Niners have that the Cowboys don't have. They've got a kicker who um, can make <laughs> extra points. Because another thing that I forgot to mention, uh, you you did touch on it briefly. Um, the, Cow- the Cowboys kicker, uh, Brett Maher, missed four, count them, four straight extra point attempts. Yeah. And the thing that got me, Dave, was that even they scored their fifth touchdown, they let him kick. You're thinking, why? Go for two points, yeah. Just, just, just once you miss two in a row, you're on last warning. You miss one, you're on a warning. You miss a second one, this is your last warning. If you miss a third one, you're never kicking again. Well, uh, it was America, relentless. America's game. Uh, you get three strikes in baseball in America's game, and yet he got four. He went four in a row. He missed four in a row, and, and he, he still managed to kick an extra point in that game. So yeah, NFL postseason record. Four extra points. Yeah. It's the fact that it was extra points. I remember back in the now it would have been 1991 AFC Championship game. It was the Bills and the Broncos. And David Treadwell, who was the kicker for, for the Denver Broncos, missed three field goals in the first half. Three of them. Uh, the game finished 10-7 to Buffalo. So they could really have used those three field goals. But they were yes. field goals. They were 45, 48 yards in a very windy um, Orchard Park or Rich Stadium, whatever it was called at the time then. These were extra points mm-hmm. on a lovely night in Tampa. <laughs> it was like, yeah, and he just kept, I think, did he hit the upright twice? No, he hit the upright once. It, yeah, he hit it once. Uh, uh, and shanked it three of the them. Corner. Yeah. Off, off to the right, wide right. You're just thinking, what's going on here? But they want to the Niners. They've got the Niners uh, in San Francisco. I think the 49ers will just destroy them. I'm going to be honest with you. I think this defense is far too good. Um, and I think that the, the offense, having Debo back, he wasn't 100% in that game, as you alluded to, going back. Mm-hmm. But he was maybe about 90%. Maybe in this game will be ninety five percent and ninety five percent Debo, you know, along with Brandon Ayuk and Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle. That's more than enough weapons. More than enough weapons 
for a, a Brock Purdy in this one. I mean, against the Seattle Seahawks, they went for 505 offensive yards. Mm-hmm. I think they might top that this this week against the Cowboys. Now, I think the Cowboys have a better offense than Seattle, but this 49ers defense, I think, is going to kill them. Uh, it's going to just just shut them down. I've got the 49ers winning this one easily by a score of 34-13. What do you think? Well, What's your view on this one? Don't worry, Tim. I've got your team because I think the Cowboys are going to pull this one off. I think there's going to be an upset. I'm not saying that there's a bit of bias, but there probably is a bit of bias in this. Uh, So I think that the Cowboys are going to win this because I think if Dak plays the way he did, he's going to nullify that defense because the the offense in particular, they've got some star names. They've got Kittle at tight end, got McCaffrey at at running back, got Debo and they've got Brandon Ayuka out wide. I think the Cowboys might pull this off. I, I think it's going to be close, though. So I'm, go- I'm going to say it's going to be 27 points, 24 for the Cowboys. Ooh. And I think Dak's going to throw three touchdowns. I I, I think um, going going down the field, I think Tony Pollard in particular is going to have a great game. Uh, I think they're going to shut down McCaffrey quite a bit. Uh, and I'm wondering if Purdy might make a mistake or two. So that that's why I think it might come down to just a couple little things here and there. I'm I'm picking the Cowboys for this one. Taking the Cowboys. Yeah. All right, I like it. See, I like it when 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 we disagree. No it one likes them, the it. It's much so. more interesting. Yeah. See if we're just yeah. agreeing and everything. That's that's rubbish. So that's yeah. our final preview of the wildcard games. Uh, interesting. Uh, we bonus bonus random stat here for you, Dave. Mm. Bonus random stat. Um, as you know, San Francisco 49ers, number one in the defense in the league. A uh, one running back. This year has rushed for 100 yards against this 49ers defense. Who do you think it is? Take a guess. Don't, don't say it's Cam Akers. It's not Cam Akers. Oh, no. oh. One running back has rushed for 100 yards in twice? Uh, no, just once. They've only had one 100-yard one, oh. uh, running back. Um, and I'll give you a clue. Mm. He's still in the playoffs. Oh. Uh, let me think. Let me think. It's still in the playoffs. Did they play New York? Is it, it wasn't Saquon, was it? It wasn't Saquon. Mm-hmm. Would, um, you like to, would you like me to put you out here? Yeah, go on. Put me, put me out of misery. It was one Christian McCaffrey when he played for the Panthers. <laughs> that's that's a dirty start, that. that the only, the only <laughs> running back to go for 100 yards against his 49ers defense now plays for the 49ers. That's nice. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. That would be that would be <laughs> bonus random stat there for you. Yeah, uh, that must be the first of random, few weeks. Speaking then. of random stats, uh, we're yeah. going to be doing a random stat shortly, uh, and mm. what we're going to do is we're going to just take a short break, and then we're going to come back to you with our random stats, uh, and also we're going to announce the winner of our Twitter competition for the Von Miller Boys Extra Large Top. Um, so we'll be back right after this. Welcome back to the WinFL show. I'm your host Ian McKinnon. I'm here with Dave Somerville. Well, Dave, it was a it was a it was a slightly shorter first half. Actually it wasn't much shorter. Mm. <laughs> it's on a, I don't know why well, I said that. For some reason we, we managed to make like six games go on a heck of a long time. Um so what we're gonna do is uh we're gonna give a shout out before we uh, announce the winner of our competition. Shout out to to the people in association with uh Lewis Revival and Empty House Traders. 
um, mm-hmm. who um, have donated this Von Miller's extra large boys extra large Broncos top uh, for a giveaway. Now we put this up a week ago. All you had to do was um, like the post, follow um, follow us on Twitter and retweet, and you'd be in with a chance. Um, I should say, despite the fact that with some of the numbers that we've got, we can't see everyone who's retweeted this. For some reason, we don't know what it is, we can't see the name of every single person. Um, we've got numbered randomly all the people who retweeted and followed 1 through 12 uh, that we can see. And Dave, I just want you to pick a number between one and twelve. Take your time. Just mm. take your time. I'm quite happy clear. that. I, yeah, I, I'm clear. quite. I'm, I'm lucky that I prepared, so I, I remembered how to count from one to twelve. So that, that was that was a good start. You did. Um, you you remembered how to do it. Yes. Well, well, I've been on the spot now. I'm not so great, but um, <laughs> do you know what? Since the season's now over for my team. My, I'm going to pick the number of my play, of my personal Rams player of the year, and that is going to be number five, Jalen Ramsey. Number five, Jalen Ramsey. Let's see who number five was. Number five is Lewis Henderson uh, at Lewis Hendo nine three, or, or possibly at Lewis Hendo ninety three. Lewis Henderson is the winner of the uh, Broncos. Extra large Von Miller top uh, in association with Empty House Traders. Thank you very much to them. Um, yeah. So what we'll do is we'll be getting in touch with Lewis on Twitter and uh, we'll be arranging to get that delivered to you. So congratulations, Mr. Lewis hey. Henderson. Well done. I think you're supposed to applaud that as well, Dave. Am I? Am I, 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 I <laughs> you kind of caught me off guard there. <laughs> yeah, that, so yes, congratulations, Lewis. Uh, we'll be getting that sent. We'll be in touch on Twitter and we'll get that sent out in the post to you. Um, we're going to be doing another giveaway in a couple of weeks. As I mentioned before, we've got some op- unopened pa- open packs. We've got some unopened packs of trading cards to be giving away. We'll do that uh, in the week in between championship games and the super bowl i will be getting those so we have another giveaway competition uh huge thanks to the guys over at stramash podcast for um uh, retweeting this for us because they we weren't going to give it to them but a huge huge <laughs> thanks to the guys at stramash podcast for retweeting this as well um they've been a, a huge help to us um and they've they really helped us gain gain some followers and it's it's just been it's been wonderful dave have you have you enjoyed this year so far doing the podcast what are we has you know, you had pro- any highlights, or is it just none? Oh, I, I mean, <laughs> I mean it's probably, probably the worst year. I mean, I mean probably like week week one, week two, yeah, of <laughs> of us doing the podcast was probably the highlight. It's kind of gone downhill for me since then. Oh, uh, you know, come, the coming off the ra- the back of the Rams Super Bowl win. You know, we we did we started well. We started doing this podcast uh, Super Bowl week. I think it was, was it the week before the Super. The Bowl? week before the Super the, Bowl. The Wednesday and before the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, it was your own. It was your own idea, and myself and Jake just living in your world, and it's been an absolute pleasure. And we, we just we got to keep it going. There's no turning back now. It's it's been amazing. I'm so happy that the podcast is it's doing so well. We've had thousands of, of streams as well, which I find mind boggling. I don't know why someone would trust us uh, or be able to listen to us talk the amount of nonsense that we talk for you know hours at a time but people do and i really hope people are enjoying it well i I love doing it i know you love doing it i know you know jake is brilliant at it as well 
it's been some year, but uh, it has. If, if we, it's been if, ridiculous. We get, if we can kick on in 2023, do you know, and as well, we've had like we've had Glenn Milburn on. Yeah. We've had well, we we took a step down with a 49ers fan from the Stramash, but <laughs> 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 hey, listen, but, you've seen a step down. His team's still in the playoffs. Look, no, you're that, that's a technicality. We, we don't need to talk about that. But we, we had Glenn Milburn on, right? We that was that's the highlight of the year for us, and I I'm it was such a pleasure talking to him. I wish I hadn't asked him about Christian McCaffrey because that seriously backfired on me. Uh, looking back into the crystal ball, but yeah, like, will we do it again? We go again, and you know we've got so much to look forward to. We've got the uh, postseason for this year. Then we've got the draft, then we've got free agency, and then we've got the season coming again. So it, it doesn't stop, even though they, they, we only play, well, the game's only played for about five months a year. And, you know, it's it's year round. This isn't just a kind of half year excursion. So we go on. We certainly do go on. Um, and speaking of going on, we come to our final segment, Dave. Yeah. Which is, of course, random stats. So, uh, would you like to go first, or would you like me to go first for random stats? I've I've got a very brief one. Uh, that that's um, it's it's a little bit a little bit of a, a tester for your knowledge as well. Um, now, there's uh, this year there's been two players with at least eighty tackles, two sacks, and four interceptions this year. Okay, sorry, so two two players, so, two players, right? So, yes. 80 tackles, eight, eight tackles. zero tackles, yes. yep, yes. two sacks, yes, and four picks this season. Okay. okay. Now, the clues are, they're both in the same division, and they're both in the NFC. They're both in the same division. And you want me to name both of them? If you can, yes. <laughs> and they, no. they are both uh, defensive backs. Both, um... <laughs> I've got no idea. No, couldn't couldn't even. Uh, let's have a wee think. Um, Darius uh, Slay. No, I've got his name wrong. You, uh, you've got his name right, but it's it's a wrong answer. Right. <laughs> it's, that's, okay, so Go one. On, just put me at my misery. Okay, so one is my man, number five, oh. Jalen Ramsey. Okay. He's already, yes, 80 tackles, two sacks, four interceptions, easy, bing, bang, bosh. That should give you a big clue who the second one could be, though. You can get this. I have faith. Um. So one's Jalen Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Other, so, NFC West. NFC West is... <laughs> I don't know. No idea. The, the man who Jake loves to say his name. Talanoa I, Ufanga. Okay, yeah, there was no way I was getting that. No, did not. Now, I, see, now those play, only two other players have hit those totals since 2020, but there was one man who did it three times in his career. Now, the, the, these are impressive stats in itself: eighty tackles, two sacks, four interceptions in a season. But there's one man in history who has done it three times in his career, and that is Rod Woodson. Oh. Oh, I was going to say Troy Polamalu. Oh, so good. I mean, you were it's right team, and you know, just one, one handing off to the other. But yes, that was that. That is, a, it's a pretty impressive stat from Ramsey and Hufanga to get that. But for three times in his career, Rod, Rod Woodson, the man, the man, the man's a living legend. So, Rod, uh, yeah. big shout out to him. 
Rod Rod Woodson is uh, in my um, all time team. I, I my, it's hard my, my hard to personal, disagree. Yeah, my own personal all time team, which has uh, three cornerbacks in it. Uh, they are Dion Sanders, Rod mm, Woodson, okay. and Champ Bailey. That's my three cornerbacks. Okay, and that's and my all time team. That's yeah, Rod Woodson's in there. I I, I mm. can't pick one over another. His style of play was so different to Dion Sanders, for example. It was a completely different. He played the cornerback position completely different to the way Dion Sanders played it, but no less effectively. Than Deion Sanders, yes. you know, when people say, you know, who's the best cornerback of all time? A lot of people say Deion Sanders is the best cornerback who ever played. But I, if someone said to me, I think Rod Woodson's the best, I've got no issues with that at all. He just no. played a different way from Deion and he was absolutely sensational through his entire career. It's a reason he's in the Hall of Fame. You could make the same argument about Champ Bailey, but I don't think we you saw could. Champ Bailey to his full potential because nobody threw in his direction. He, so that, yeah, that's he also, much, he also yeah. never achieved the team success. Uh, that Dion yeah, and that, Woodward said that's that. He, he, Champ Bailey, yeah. I, I don't think he did. No, Champ Bailey never won a Super Bowl. No, he um, wasn't there when Manning. No, his, his final season was 2012 with the Broncos. I think it was Ooh. 2012. And then Pete Manning came in, um, so yeah, but Champ Champ Bailey was just like I mean, shut down corner. Oh my word! Yeah, You're right. No, no one threw a Champ Bailey. Yes, that that it, that's why he didn't quite get like the numbers. Or I I you can I make think, the argument recognition. I, you definitely not the recognition. I think that's because he wasn't on Super Bowl winning teams. Yeah, uh, okay, that's I think fair. him yeah. and Deion Sanders actually had only like one interception removed, and Deion Sanders is nowhere near the top for interceptions. He's like 40 behind the lead or mm-hmm. 50 behind the lead. It's ridiculous. Um, but uh, same reason, people didn't throw at him. So a uh, good stat though, Dave. I like okay. that. Yes. Um, so my random stat concerns a player who I have talked about at length, at length, um, despite having oh. never wanting to talk about him. And it's one Tom Brady. <laughs> I knew where that was going. <laughs> so, what? I just, I, as soon as you, I, I never watched Tom Brady. It's Insta, boom. Yeah. Yes, it has to be. Yeah. It's it's Tom Brady. So, um, after Tom Brady's last uh, outing against the Cowboys there, mm-hmm. um, in which he threw two touchdowns, one interception, had a completion rating of 53.3, 351 yards. So I'm going to give you some, some numbers from Tom Brady's career postseason. Now, these numbers, as in totals, are ridiculous. They're absolutely ridiculous. This man played 48 postseason games. I mean, that's a lot. 48 postseason games. Um, he went 1,200 of 1921 for a 62.47 completion percentage through for 13,400 yards, 88 touchdowns, 40 interceptions. Okay. In his, in his career. Now, the, his, his 40 interceptions is actually, that's quite a lot. I mean, I know he played 48 games, but 40 interceptions of 48 games isn't great. 
Neither is 88 touchdowns in 48 games. His 13,400 just a hair over 270 yards per game. Uh, but with that, Tom Brady finished his postseason career with a rating of 89.8. Now, for some people mm. who say that Tom Brady is uh, the GOAT, as they call him, greatest of all time. As your book calls it. Uh, yeah, I do actually have a book. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. I have a book that says that. Um, I was made aware of this stat the other day. In fact, yesterday, after the, the, the game um, against the, the Cowboys. Tom Brady's career postseason rating is 89.8. That puts him 0.2 behind a player who never threw an interception in the postseason and never gets the recognition that he deserves. Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow never threw a pick. And he had a rating, postseason career rating of 90. He was only sacked five times. He threw two touchdowns in two postseason games and never threw an interception. So clearly, Tim Tebow is a better player than Tom Brady. <laughs> I knew that's where you guess what we're coming at. No, all kidding aside though, <laughs> Tom Brady is 13,400 postseason yards. Is I mean, if, if you post those numbers against anyone else, it's ridiculous. Now, people are saying this will be Tom Brady's last year. I don't think it is. I think no. he's going to come back. I think he's going to unretire, and I think he's going to go to the Raiders to team up with Josh McDaniels again. That's what I think. But yeah, so it was actually the fact that he did 13,400 postseason yards. That's more than some quarterbacks have in their career who played for three or four years. Mm-hmm. He's had it in his postseason. Uh, it's actually quite uh, quite an impressive stat that. So despite all the crap that I give Tom Brady for being a checkdown merchant and being boring and actually not being very good and carried by all his other teams as he was, uh, to all of those Super Bowl victories, none of them like he was responsible for. Um, can't argue with the fact that longevity certainly makes those numbers look good, Dave. Well, that's my random stat. Oh, 13,400 yeah. nice. postseason yards for Mr. Tom Brady. Not the fact that he was two points uh, behind Tim Tebow in, <laughs> in postseason oh. career. Uh, although he is. So I'm just getting that out there. Well, I, I'll, do, I'll do one better. I'll go another, an extra yeah, you're gonna mile. Do on... than, you're going to do better than Tim Tebow's <laughs> better than Tom Brady? Well, do you know, <laughs> there are only five NFL teams that have more postseason wins than Tom Brady does. And that was four up until the Cowboys beat the Bucks at the weekend. Five teams who have more postseason wins than Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, oh, oh, well, sorry, there's four, but one one is an equal amount. One so is equal. Brady, Brady has 35 playoff wins. 35, that's a lot. Okay, that's so a, one of those a, teams, one of those teams is clearly the New England Patriots. Yes, so the Patriots obviously yeah. uh, number one. Uh, yes, uh, because they, they they had playoff runs in the mid eighties and stuff like that, and in the nineties before uh, Brady got there. Uh, so the New England Patriots, um, the surely the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, Cowboys now only now. They, oh, they, right, they, 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 they just overtook them. Pittsburgh. Yes, yeah, so that's. Steelers second, yes. 
San Francisco 49ers. They are level. Level? Level on 30. They both got... Th- Brady and the 49ers have 35 wins between so them. So I am missing one, one team. Who has 36 wins. Who's 36. Who's got the most, sorry? Who's got the most postseason That's wins? the Patriots. How many have they got? Uh, just checking for you now. Oh, I think, sorry, this is, this is, I think this is since Tom Brady's been in the league, can I add? I, th- I think this is just since, because oh, ba- from, oh. from my list, from my list, P- the Patriots have 37. So they have two without Tom Brady, basically. Then there are three teams on 36 and one on 35, which is the 49ers. So you've named the Steelers and the Cowboys. Yes. So there's one other team on 36. It's not the Broncos, is it? It's not the Broncos, no. no. I didn't think it was the Broncos. Um, so when did Tom Brady come into the league? 2001, 2000, 2001. Um, teams, I'm trying to think that teams that are relentlessly in the playoffs. How about oh, relentless- Green Bay Packers. There we go. Yeah, there we go. of course. The, there we go. The Packers, the, the, Brett this Favre, season Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah, this season was an abhorrent season for them. This it just that this was completely wrong for the for the Packers this year. Um, yeah, I forgot about them. They're always in the playoffs. Yeah, sadly. I, I mean, they, they, it's considering the last kind of two decades, uh, the Bears, Lions, Vikings really haven't lived up to well much of anything. To be honest, uh, so but see, see, this is the thing. This this brings me back to Tom Brady. For Tom Brady's entire career, the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Jets absolutely sucked, and with a mm-hmm. capital "sir," they were horrendous for yeah. twenty years. Tom Brady leaves, and all of a sudden, the Bills look like a powerhouse. Josh Allen starts playing well. Like what? Where? Where were? The, where were these? teams 10 years ago the luck on tom brady is just ridiculous it cannot be overstated that he's the luckiest player who ever lived it's and it's, and it's not close no yeah I, not i agree with the luck element but what you also have to remember is once they get to the playoffs they're still up against the big teams you know from the rest of the league and oh, how yeah, many super how many I, rings has he got and that's because of luck adam Vinatieri, <laughs> three of them there you go. Three, three of his rings belong to Adam Vinatieri. At least three are Bill Belichick's. They're, they're not Tom Brady. It's the other team. Carolina kicking the ball out of bounds. There you he go. That, that, that's that one of his ridiculous. rings right that, there. Yeah. yeah, that was ridiculous. But, you know, at, at this, this point... But this, happen, this happens all the time. This happens mm. all the time. In, it's that players and Players do stupid things and coaches do stupid things that make Tom Brady. They force Tom Brady. The tuck rule. There you go. That's another one. See? Okay. Yeah, right. uh, the yeah, Rams' right. inability to score on 18 drives. There you go. That's another one. That, that's you think that's Tom Brady? You think that's that's that wasn't Tom Brady? That's a low blow is what that is. And I'm, I'm sorry <laughs> for that. But, you know, the 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 the, the Chiefs, um, what's his name? D4, is it? Off, offside? Oh, yes, yes, yes. There you go. Oh, what about yeah. the roughing the passer one? When he tapped oh, on that, the shoulder? What was that? Which year? Because like it was the same game. game. But there, there's been a, yeah, but there's been a few. There's been a few oh, of them this season it's alone. It's been relentless. Oh, the, the luck that Tom Brady has is just uh, astronomical. Never. It'll never happen again. There'll never be another player with the level of luck that Tom Brady's had that just gifts him games, and including playoff games. Mm. Peyton Manning 
destroyed defenses left, right, and center through um, 2011, was it? 2011 season? 2010, Ooh. I forget what year it was, or 2008, just destroyed 49 touchdown passes, setting records left, right, and center, killing everyone, goes to the playoffs, plays the Patriots, throws five interceptions. And now, only time he ever did it in his entire career. Didn't do that as mm-hmm. a rookie. The Seahawks throwing the ball on the one yard line. They, like, there you go. Oh. See, did you see what I mean? There you are. I have, I have just accounted for everyone. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs not bothering to have an offensive line. There you go. In the Super Bowl, gift them another one. I've accounted for everyone of Tom Brady's Super Bowls. He didn't. He doesn't deserve any of them. Not one. Everyone, everyone bar one of them, though, has led to uh, Bill Belichick basically having. A two a knuckle duster on each hand <laughs> with the amount of rings he's got. That's very true. Yeah, very true. Yeah. I, I I I will I will not hear a word said against Bill Belichick's coaching. No, I, 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 I hate the fact that he's been so successful. Uh, but I, you know, I, I can't take anything away from him. It's yeah. Bill Belichick has been responsible for all those for six of those rings, seven rings. Uh, Tom Brady has not Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Bill Belichick and Adam Vinatieri and the refs. And the refs, yes. And the refs. I agree with that. There you go, pal. So there we are, Dave. We come to the end. We come to the end of a podcast. Hey. Yay. Um, a huge thanks to everyone who's been listening. We appreciate you. We appreciate every single one of you. Maybe not Tim. I'm not sure about him yet. Um, wow. <laughs> Tim probably doesn't even listen. You know he doesn't Tim, listen. Of course Tim listens. He doesn't. Tim doesn't listen to this. Uh, no, I'm, I mean, see, we're going to get complaints in when uh, Tom Brady starts listening again, because obviously he was, he, he, he's, you know, he's had a bit of a busy time. He actually managed to get to playoffs he didn't expect to, so he probably hasn't listened since his bye week. But uh, now that he's got a bit of time on his hand, he's probably listening. So we're going to get Tom Brady complaints. We're going to get uh, Tim complaints, and you know, it's it's not going to be random stats. It's going to be stupid stats that's going to end up coming up. <laughs> that's that your best Tim Durbin impression there. That was pretty good. I, I, I can't because it, there's going to be there's going to be certain uh, elements of my impressions of Tim that are not going to be viewed very helpful for me. That's just probably but, you know. We're, we're, I, I I love Tim, so there there you go. At least one of us does. So. Um, yeah, you just you 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 leave Tim alone, and you go back to your own Tim Tebow, and leave our Tim alone. Oh my word, you're a terrible man, you're a terrible terrible man. Right, just. we're gonna leave it there. Thank you very much for listening. Um, we've got the divisional playoffs coming up, so uh, next week, of course, we'll be doing that, and then previewing the championship games. Now, uh, my wife, my lovely wife, has taken a shine to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ever since the London game, and I brought her back a scarf, a Jacksonville Jaguars scarf from the Broncos Jaguars game. Uh, and now she, she really likes the Jaguars, so she's hoping they go all the way. Who knows? Wow. Who knows? Maybe if Trevor Lawrence continues to play the way he's been playing, he might do it. Um, so there we go. We're going to leave it with that. Thank you very much, Dave. No problem. Thank you for having me. Um, always a pleasure. And uh, yeah. we will catch you on next week's edition of The Winifel Show. <laughs>